Hi everyone, this is Matt Price, host of Dynasty Game Night. My co-host John Bosch and I created this podcast for one reason, to focus on fun. After all, fun is the reason we all started playing fantasy football in the first place. I love games of all sorts, card games, board games, video games, really any kind of game you can think of. So one day, John and I decided it was time for a podcast where we just play games. You might learn something along the way, but you won't find much hard-hitting analysis here. Check out all the other incredible podcasts DLF has to offer for that sort of thing. On Dynasty Game Night, our primary focus is to entertain. So if you like playing games or watching game shows, this might just be the podcast for you. We'd love for you to give it a listen and play along with the contestants and maybe even win a chance to be on the show. Football.com and the DLF family of podcasts. That's a wildcat shaped meatloaf, the shepherd Brian Hart. What's good? What's good? All good in the hood. That's the extinctioner, the wrecker of fantasies, Bobby Koch. Did you guys hear the rumor about butter? Well, I'm not going to spread it. <laughs> Beautiful. Uh, Ah, dad jokes. Never, you can never get sick of the dad jokes, especially not here on the Superflex Super Show. And it's me, it's me, it's that old SFD, John Ho, the Superflex dude, and this is the Superflex Super Show. For the last episode here, the last volume of Battlefield Superflex. Battlefield Superflex. <laughs> That's right. I do, this is awesome. I don't even have to put in the the drops this time. We've we've got the drops machine uh, sitting here in the in the form of Meatloaf Wildcat. So every time I say Battlefield Superflex, Battlefield Superflex, flex, flex, flex. <laughs> we we've got our drops. Uh, so it's, it's absolutely perfect. But, uh, so we're doing our last volume here of battlefield Superflex. battlefield Superflex. <laughs> Is it getting old yet? <laughs> um, we, uh, so we've already talked about quarterbacks versus running backs at the Superflex position. We've talked about quarterbacks versus wide receivers and tight ends at the suit at the Superflex position. Uh, none of us, we weren't a part of that one. That was, that was James the brain and, and Stompy the bear. And, uh, that one actually went quite a bit better than quarterbacks versus running backs since, uh, since I wasn't there for them to mess with me about it. They just kind of got down to business and made some pretty good calls. Um, but so for the, the third volume here, we want to talk about quarterbacks just versus other quarterbacks. You know, I think that there's, uh, between ADP rankings, there's there's a uh, you know a pretty big difference. Sometimes there's a little bit of a discrepancy from one quarterback to the next. That you know in reality probably doesn't exist. Maybe it's it, maybe it's understated in some cases. So we're gonna find out. You know maybe maybe the ADP on one quarterback is you know quite a bit lower than where where the panel here thinks it should be. So. Um, but we brought in a, a, a guest uh, who knows uh, quarterbacks extremely well, who talks quarterbacks on every episode of Zooperflex. We can reference that one, right? Now that now that that's back, and uh, not only yeah. not only did it make its return, the Zooperflex podcast, but uh, uh, you guys reeled in a big fish for uh, for your first episode back with Scott Fish, so. Your listeners are going to turn this podcast off with all the puns that we've gone with so far. Yeah, and and drops, you know, but, but talking <laughs> Battlefield Superflex. Battlefield Superflex. <laughs> uh, it's a, it's a it's a long intro, but yeah, Rec, I just appreciate you being here and uh it's all, it's just it's good to hear you back on the the airwaves just in general, but also the return of Superflex. Yeah, um, nice to be back. Uh, Matt and I have been trying to get together 
long enough. I actually, funny enough, I met Matt in person before we were able to record a Superflex uh, episode within a six-month span. So <laughs> that was pretty awesome, but it would have been nice to also be able to record a podcast. It's mostly on me. I'm not blaming Matt. I was busy with school, and we were trying to figure out some guests. Scott was nice enough to come on. And it's always fun to talk about animals and quarterbacks. I wouldn't call myself a quarterback expert, but it is my favorite position to talk about. Uh, it's my favorite position to watch. I once almost wrote, this is a story that I've talked about often. I once almost wrote a two QBs article about the, not even the backup job for the Saints, but the backup backup job, the third string quarterback and who would win that battle. So that just shows you how much I like watching the position. And it's always great to be here with you guys. You know, you're one of my favorite podcasts and you're two of my favorite guys in the community. So definitely appreciate being on tonight and getting to chop it up with you. Yeah, likewise, man. Yeah. Um, you also, at this point, I think that you're probably the, uh, we we should really just keep track of this stuff, but I'm pretty sure that you've guessed it on this podcast more than anybody else. I know Dynasty Outhouse, Russ Fisher is up there as well, but I, I think you might actually have him beat. I mean, especially if you count like the live draft stuff, because last year in 2019, I mean, you were on every single episode. So yeah, that's a sore um, subject with Russ right now. Um, I'm not going to spoil who or what, but Russ likes to be the first guest on any podcast that he goes on <laughs> to the point of like insanity. And this podcast that we are both friendly with uh, asked me to be the first guest. So this is uh, goes out to you, Outhouse slash Russ Fisher. Another record that I have over you. I think you're going to have to appear on like the next 20 episodes of the Superflex show to make up for it. I had no idea I was stirring shit up like that. That was eat that I, fish. <laughs> that's a new drop. We're keeping it though. That's staying in forever. <laughs> in fact, we're going to need <laughs> we're going to need that more often. Um. Yeah, so I mean for for those who who aren't already regular listeners to Zuperflex, which um you know, I I I certainly would hope that that everybody's already uh subscribed to that one. Um I I think that it's another one, you know, last week I I got the opportunity to talk talk to the guys from Superflexible. Uh Zuperflex is another one that I think is very complimentary goes very well with this particular podcast i think kind of the the rotation of those three you get a lot of you know very useful super flex information strategy player values um you know etc uh out of those three combined especially so um we, we, real quick before we get into battlefield super flex Battlefield Superflex. Uh, I caught him on that one. I I finally got him. Um, maybe you would want to uh, just kind of give everybody like an overview of what the 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 format is, what the concept is of the the Superflex podcast. Yeah, uh, it's a really weird show. I'm not gonna lie to your <laughs> listeners. It's a weird show. It's a combination of talking about quarterbacks and animals. And the way it works is generally we begin the show by talking about animal, well, talking about quarterbacks. And then there's a segment called the animal of the week. And usually it's the guest's favorite non-domestic animal, Matt, who is my co-host. He's the at Matt Price FF on Twitter. For those who don't know him, he will share some fun facts and then also a charity where people can donate to the animals. Cause we usually highlight animals who are either endangered or at risk at minimum. Um, so it's just a way to combine talking about football and learning about animals and also maybe doing something good in the world, which I always appreciate. And we also talk about random stuff. So if you listen to uh, last week's episode, you'll hear plenty of random uh, pop culture references, which I know Brian was talking about needing to brush up on. And you can even learn about things like we bear bears. So yeah, check out Superflex. It's at Superflex on Twitter. And uh, appreciate you giving me the space to talk about it for a few minutes. Of course, of course. It, it is such a fun podcast and it's uh, glad to have it back. Um, I'm, I am a little bit uh, envious of the fact that you guys were able to to get Scott Fish 
right in the middle of sending out invitations to the Scott Fishbowl. Although I'll be honest, I it's not like I tried or anything. It's not like he he just straight up rejected us. But uh, um, I just assume that he's like so busy right now that he has to be extremely judicious with a podcast he's going to come on and he choose, he chose super flex. So, <laughs> yeah, no, we certainly appreciate Scott's time. Um, it, when we were talking to him, it was like right before the invites and he mentioned just through all the commissioner stuff that he had, had been doing that he essentially hadn't slept in days. So I know Brian already ranted about this, but I'm just going to keep it simple. I'm not going to go super long about it. Be nice to Scott. That's it. Just be nice to Scott. <laughs> yeah it's it's yeah it seems pretty basic i mean on top of the you know just the obvious like human you know uh, uh respect for <laughs> just just the basic level of respect that we should have for one another as as human beings there's also just the piece where i i mean he's sent out a very small fraction of Im- invitations at this point if you're hoping to get in, you know, tr- trashing the commissioner, the the founder, <laughs> the, the innovator of the Scott Fishbowl is the wrong way to go about it. Just just a, there's there's your first piece of strategy uh, that uh, that we're going to hand out for free here on the Superflex Super Show. Uh, but let's let's get to the uh, the meat and potatoes of this thing. And again, you know, Battlefield Superflex. Battlefield Superflex. <laughs> that time he actually he got me like (laughs) i was just gonna plow right through that one (laughs) um but i saw him jump up on the mic and was like oh yeah oh yeah we've we've got a drop machine over here uh not gonna have a voice by the end of this (laughs) (laughs) that's the goal (laughs) so but the idea is uh you know who who are some players that you would actually consider as replacement level at the super flex position you know with most of the positions like this it it gets a little dicey i mean you legitimately want a quarterback at the super flex position at all times and i think that that's a lot of kind of what we've learned uh throughout the this series um you know we we've definitely found some players who you would consider starting over a quarterback at the super flex position, um, at least in redraft. But, you know, a lot of times like it's guys that you have to take several rounds ahead of the quarterback. That's, that's just kind of generally what we've, what we've found at least, you know, when the guys are making, legitimate picks and not just oh yeah Aaron Rodgers like he's he's I I would start pretty much any running back over him give me Chase Edmond whatever um you know when when they're actually taking this seriously <laughs> they acknowledge that the quarterbacks generally belong in a super flex position but I, again, I you know I think that there's some value to be had at the quarterback position and at the, at the super flex position by acknowledging that there are replacement level quarterbacks all the way through the you know this this pool of players, and so that's kind of what we're going to talk about today is you know just the fact that you don't have to have absolute studs at the quarterback position and at the super flex position. You know, it, it 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 can definitely create a little bit of an advantage, but I mean, if the price is right, you you can easily move from one quarterback to a net to the next. Uh, you know, depending on the value, and get the same type of production. So that's what we're looking for. Who are the players that are going to give you the same type of production? So we're going to start off with Kyler Murray, uh, a pretty. Uh, <laughs> Right now, the hype is is off the damn tracks as far as I'm concerned with Kyler Murray. I don't I don't necessarily buy it, but I'm curious to what extent you guys are buying into the hype on Kyler Murray. We're going to talk both redraft and dynasty here uh, because in both cases, I think you're probably going to have to spend a first or second round pick to get Kyler Murray. And you know, in all honesty, the only way he's going to be at your quarterback position is if you're doing an auction, 
where you already have, you know, Pat Mahomes, Lamar Jackson. That's, that's kind of it. Like those are your guys who are right now going ahead of Kyler Murray. But if you've got one of those guys and you end up with Kyler Murray, who are some, who are some guys that you would move either up or down uh, specifically down. I think, I think that's kind of what we're looking for with Kyler in, in both redraft and dynasty, who are some guys that you would move down from Kyler Murray and still feel okay with them at your super flex position instead? Let's start with our guest, Bobby Koch. Sure. So if we're uh, starting with redraft, I put the same person for both. And this has to do somewhat with a bet that I had with, uh, and correct me if I butcher your last name, obviously you can't do that because it's a podcast. I might even not be remembering the last name correctly, but it's Dan Williamson. Of it's the, uh, it's pronounced it just... Har. <laughs> huh? <laughs> just like it's spelled. <laughs> no, uh, Dan, I believe it's Williamson of the Goat District podcast. Maybe it's Williams. Yep. Uh, Overhyped but... Sleeper. Yes, Overhyped Sleeper and I have a bet. And this was before DeAndre Hopkins was traded to Arizona. However, the bet was this, that Daniel Jones would be within one point per game or better of Kyler Murray this season. And part of the reason I said that was I wrote an article for DLF shortly after this. And when he became a starter, Daniel Jones, what most people don't realize, was actually three points per game ahead of Kyler Murray in terms of fantasy points per game. And yeah, he had a lot of boom games and whatever you want to say about it. But for all intents and purposes, as a rookie, he was the better fantasy quarterback than Kyler Murray. And there's all this hype about Kyler Murray. And Daniel Jones was kind of the forgotten guy because everyone thought of him as, oh, the Giants reached for this pick. The bet, which I'm sure everyone will find much more interesting, is whoever loses this bet has to wear jorts and take a picture of themselves and post it to fantasy Twitter with like the caption, I was wrong about my bet with this person and this is why. Oh, geez. So even so, whoever gets it wrong still only comes in second. The real loser is the rest <laughs> of us who have to see this. Well, it won't be as bad as Stompy Singlet. I'll put it that way. That's true. Nothing is. And realistically, I mean, this, this, Bobby, just be honest about this. I mean, you want to lose this, right? Because you want to not only put the jorts on, but you want to put the headband bandana <laughs> thing around your face with this, with the, uh, the aviator sunglasses and the stash so that you look like Gardner Minshew again if i lose this bet it will be after november so that will be a problem but maybe maybe i'll have to like wait until then to officially shave from no shave november and just keep the mustache around it'll be very confusing for everyone i i actually don't know if i'm doing that this year but if i lose this shorts bet i probably will do what it takes to look like Gardner Minshew again you also do have a vested interest in this one as a giants fan so um i i so it's it, it's tough for me because we've also we've had a lot of discussions about Drew Locke. You know, there's there's just an obvious comparison to be made between, you know, Drew Locke, Daniel Jones and Gardner Minshew. Like those three, at least for this year and very likely for them for a good chunk of their careers are going to be, you know, they're they're going to be linked to one another. Yeah, uh, don't forget Kyler, too. Yeah, yeah, to a certain extent. And also, sure. to your point, John, I did compare Drew Locke and Gardner Minshew, way to sell my most recent article for Dynasty League Football. That's how it's which... done. That's right. Yeah, yeah. And, um, you know, and there, there's some interesting stuff in there for sure. Um, there's still a lot of it that I don't that I don't fully agree with, obviously. But, um, you know, it's 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 very well written. Um, and very well supported. So it, it you know, it, it certainly makes this a, a very interesting discussion. Um, but, you know, you know, part of where, where I'm coming from with Drew Locke is the fact that, you know, I am kind of close to the situation as a Broncos fan and as a Denver resident. And, you know, I'm, I'm uh, you know, kind of plugged in as far as the, the local, media and what they're saying um you know for the for the Denver Broncos in the upcoming season uh and and 
you know, I think that you maybe have the, the same type of insight when it comes to the Giants and when it comes to Daniel Jones. So the obvious question here, you know, it sounds like this bet was made, you know, before Kyler Murray got DeAndre Hopkins, before, uh, you know, before we made, I don't know, maybe even before Joe Judge became the head coach. Really? No, it was after that. Really? Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. Jason Garrett, was that before? It might have been before that or around the same time. It was on an open bar uh, episode I did with him. Okay. So I, I guess I'm curious if if you're still feeling that confident in Daniel Jones. I, you know, it's because it, it, so it's one thing to say that, you know, they'll, they'll be, they'll have comparable stats. Um, it's another one. It's another thing to make a, 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 jorts bet on <laughs> him actually outscoring um so. yeah so you know if you look at the points per game that they had last season and i know you have to look at things going forward but as i said it might have not been quite as drastic as three but i know it was more than two between um, who jones and Locke? between jones and murray when oh. jones was a starter yeah. and murray during that same span uh, uh jones outscored him by like one point Four points per game. Hmm. Maybe it's just depending on the format. Anyway, uh, so there is a little bit of a buffer there. And that buffer allows for some Jones regression and some Murray progression. Now, of course, that didn't factor in the possibly the best wide receiver currently playing the game, not named Michael Thomas. Michael Thomas, please don't come at me. I <laughs> can't believe I almost just said that. He's coming. He is. He heard that and he cut off before I even said Michael Thomas. Um, but I think there's enough leeway there. And I also think the giants weapons are being underrated a bit still. Um, Darius Slayton is a really good piece. Yes. Um, most people seem to recognize that by now. Sterling Shepard. Yes, he has concussions, but when he's on the field, he is a very good football player. Golden Tate is older, but he still knows what he's doing. They have Brian's guy, Saquon Barkley. You can't get around mentioning him who on any pretty much dump off or screen pass can take it to the house on any play. And then you also have Evan Ingram and some other pieces there. So, and they just rebuilt their O-line, so he'll have more time to pass. Um, So would I be saying that I feel confident enough that I feel great about this George bet? No. (laughs) Would I be saying that I still feel like I have a shot at winning? Yes. Yeah, there you go. And and so here's the the whole thing with Battlefield Superflex. Battlefield Superflex <laughs> is Kyler Murray in our latest, you know, our our May DLF Superflex ADP. Kyler Murray's going 107. You have to you'd have to you have to get him in the first round. Whereas Daniel Jones is going 505. Like you don't even have to necessarily get this right. You know, that that's the whole thing. And I mean, that I I fully agree that there's a chance here. I mean, I like you said, Daniel Jones, the, the weapons are really underrated still. Like people are kind of coming around on Darius Slayton, but I don't think they realize how good he was with Daniel Jones last year. Evan Ingram, to me, is the top five tight end, at least this year. Um, you know, the, this is there. There are definitely some weapons here. Brian, it's doing because you haven't said Saquon's name yet. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but to me, Saquon doesn't do a whole lot for Daniel Jones. He, I mean, he he makes the uh, Saquon the, does a lot for everybody. John raises all boats. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he's he is the rising tide. But uh, they did target Saquon a lot. And oh, also, I did want to. I forgot. I wanted to address your Jason Garrett point. Yeah, it's my. It was my nightmare to have him as head coach. I didn't want to have him as the offensive coordinator, but some people did make me feel a little bit better about it, at least in respect to Daniel Jones, because obviously Dak Prescott had some of his best seasons with him there. Um, When he was an offensive coordinator, he had some generally good offensive numbers. So he may be one of those coaches that was a good offensive coordinator and let the pressure get to him as a head coach. I'm not really sure. There was some very questionable uh, play calling from the Cowboys as there was from the Giants, but there were just some very boneheaded moves and stale offense. I'm hoping he doesn't bring that over, but 
I'm kind of, I mean, this might be like the, uh, I'm blanking on the syndrome. Maybe Brian can help me out here since it's uh, Stockholm syndrome where I'm already being held captive by the fact that the giants are having Jason Garrett as their offensive coordinator. So I'm trying to talk myself into liking him. Man, I, I would not be surprised to be honest with you. I, I, like it, the, the big question for me is whose philosophy wins out. Is it Joe judge coming from that? You know, the, the Patriot way, which is absolutely awful for offensive football or is it Jason Garrett who, you know, we there's, there's a proven track record there as an offensive mind. Like the, the bigger issue in Dallas was, you know, personnel moves. And uh, I would know. argue the Patriot way is putting your players in the best positions to succeed, depending on and scheming around talent. And so I would say the Patriot way, at least I'm hoping with Joe judge is to mm -hmm. evolve and to adapt so I don't know, as a Giants fan, for the first time in a while, I'm feeling hopeful. So I'm trying not to find the negatives in the team. I'm sure they exist and I know they exist. Looking at you, uh, defense and specifically cornerback position. But I'm trying to uh, focus on the positives because it's been a while since I was able to do that. Yeah, yeah. So, it, but like I said, I mean, this this doesn't even have to be totally right. When you're talking about a five round difference in ADP that's uh, you know that that's that's pretty massive like if you the opportunity cost of taking Kyler Murray instead of Daniel Jones I mean is is it's essentially the difference between Ezekiel Elliott and Aaron Jones that's kind of what we're, or I mean Ezekiel Elliott and Kenyon Drake in this case but um, you know, just, just in theory, like what you could do in your startup draft in your dynasty startup draft is go Ezekiel Elliott instead of Kyler Murray in the first round. Not something that I love to do, but you know, it, it it's, it, you, you, you could in theory go Ezekiel Elliott and then wait until the fifth round. And instead of taking Kenyon Drake, as a as your running back too, you get Daniel Jones as your quarterback too. So you know it's it's you know even more than that, it's it's kind of the value piece, which is you know, and and this is I am guessing this is going to be Brian's approach to this entire exercise is going to be very value based because that's so much of of what we're talking about this time of year. Um, you know, it, it's more like draft Kyler Murray and then trade him for, you know, even trade him for, for your, whatever running back trade him plus whatever running back for Daniel Jones. And I mean, you can probably just about pick any running back that you want to get back in return with a possible except exception of Saquon Barkley and Christian McCaffrey. Like that, and that's kind of what we're talking about here. It's just that there's very little scoring difference between those two, and there's a freaking grand canyon of difference when you're talking about value. So uh, let's let's hear from Brian Har. Both, uh, I mean, if you've got anything to add on Daniel Jones, and then beyond that, just kind of um, who are some guys that you're taking over uh, Kyler Murray? Uh, yeah. So, I mean, you got, you guys covered Daniel Jones pretty well. I, I like that pick a lot in this case, especially like you said, John, with the, you know, the, the draft capital that you're investing in Murray versus where you're taking a guy like Daniel Jones. Um, I think, you know, looking back over a draft where you take Jones at, in the fifth, as opposed to Murray in the first, you're going to be a lot more happy, you know, a lot happier with your, with your roster. Um, as far as the guys that I had here that I would be comfortable with, so in redraft, it's Drew Brees. Um, and and to be honest, I mean, I you could probably put Drew Brees in re, in redraft leagues above a lot of these guys for me, or at least not above, but I would feel just as comfortable with Drew Brees, um, even though he's over 40 years old now. Um, just the weaponry in in New Orleans, right? So, I mean, obviously, Michael Thomas and his hundred and hundred thousand catches last year um you know they add emmanuel emmanuel sanders to that offense 
you know, Jared Cook's still there. Uh, they have Kamara out of the backfield. I mean, there's there are a lot of weapons in that offense, and I think Drew Brees, for as long as he's there, is going to be a very reliable redraft quarterback. So, for redraft purposes, I'm I I'm comfortable. In fact, I'm a lot more comfortable with Drew Brees in redraft than I am uh, Kyler Murray, to be honest. Um, and then, as far as dynasty goes, I mean. <clears throat> You're probably going to hear a couple of these names more than once as we're going down through these. But my guy for for Kyler uh, is Dak Prescott. And, you know, we, we've talked a lot about Dak on this show. You know, Dak is, I think, better than a lot of people think, to be honest. And, and, and it's not so he's being respected finally as far as where he's being drafted. But I still don't think people see him as that elite, elite quarterback. I don't know that Dallas sees him as that elite, elite quarterback, or they'd pay him the damn money that he deserves. Um, but you know, he's he he put up a top what top three season this year? I think he was QB three, wasn't he? Or or he was top five for sure. He was yep. QB four, if I recall. I might okay. be wrong about that, but okay. yeah, so top five for sure. So a top five season this past season. Um, he he's typically you know a, a QB one comfortably. So you know, again, anointing Kyler Murray and Kyler Kyler Murray had a great rookie season. Don't get me wrong. I mean, top ten quarterback in his rookie year. So you know, for total points wise, Bobby, I'm not sure where he was. I think he was like just, he was a borderline quarterback one for, um, points per game. But, um, so, so I don't want to, I mean, I don't want to knock Kyler Murray. I think he has time to grow. I think that offense fits him. Well, he certainly has better weapons now than he did previously with, with Drake, um, being back there, you know, David Johnson didn't look the same last year. Um, well, for a couple seasons now. So Drake, you know, Drake coming in there, I think is is a is a good thing for him. Obviously, DeAndre Hopkins. I mean, that's the big one, right? I mean, he was he was hoping for a CD Lamb, and he got the best receiver in the game, who's not named Michael Thomas. So you did hear that, Mike, right? <laughs> Making sure. Um, so you know, I I think Murray will be successful, but again, it all comes back to the price, and I I think you know. You're probably taking Dak early as well, first round, second round ish prices. But I feel better that you will get consistent performance moving forward with Prescott. I mean, I think his floor is higher than what Kyler Murray's floor is. Um, so that's that's why I have Dak uh, for the dynasty. And just to clarify, uh, again, this depends on the format, but Dak was uh, six in points per game and Kyler was 12. Okay. There you go. Yeah. And I mean, all Dak Prescott really did here was gain CD Lamb. Like, it's, it's not like there was a, there's a huge difference between what he had last year. And in fact, I mean, this offensive system, man, this could be. This that could be the all the upgrade that you need right there. So yeah, that's that's a good one. Like, I mean, like you said, that could be Dak Prescott straight up. Like, that's not even you know the fat. It's not even the the just the value difference between the two. Um, which which you know it's it's not huge. Uh, Dak Prescott going at two hundred one, and again Kyler Murray at one hundred seven. So. You know, you're looking at about a half a round difference, um, which it, it, you know, at that point in a draft is significant. It, it, you know, it still takes kind of a lot to go from one to the next. Um, but I mean, this this could just be a straight up move. This isn't even about the value. This is like Dak Prescott could actually legitimately outscore Kyler Murray every single year for the foreseeable future. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I, I and, and I it wouldn't it, that would not surprise me in the least. Yeah, wouldn't surprise um, me either. But I'm still on the Murray side there. Also, part of that is just the perception of value too, because you guys talked about Dak never getting the respect he deserves. So I think it would take at least a few seasons, and by then people would you know how fickle people are in Dynasty. If it takes a few seasons, they'll be like, oh, Dak, he's old. 
Yeah, <laughs> that's that's true too. Yeah, people are also like a big a big part of it right now with Dak is the fact that he's you know he's he's on the franchise tag and uh, just turned down another pretty massive contract and is asking for quite a bit more than what they just offered. And, you know, a lot of times people get a little bit caught up in, in things like that. Like Cam Newton is kind of facing the same type of thing. The fact that he's not on an NFL roster right now, you know, people just kind of assume that that's, you know, he's not going to be. People kind of assume that Dak Prescott is not going to get a long-term contract. They're just going to let him walk and who knows where he goes and who he ends up throwing the ball to. And it, first of all, that's not likely to happen. Um, second of all, even if it did, I I don't think that there's a situation that Dak Prescott could possibly go to where he's going to drop in my rankings at all from, you know, being quarterback five overall. I just, I, I don't, I don't see a scenario where that happens. Um, but here's a guy let's, let's talk about our next guy. I was supposed to let Brian do a drop on these too. Prepare for battle. <laughs> yeah. All right. So who's going to battle against Deshaun Watson? That's a guy who has, you know, by losing Deandre Hopkins, He's also lost a lot of perceived value. Um, his his projections have dropped, you know, even though they gained Brandon Cooks, he's he's no nuke. That's and we know that. We also have a a little bit of an inkling here that maybe Bill O'Brien wants to focus more on the running game after they trade for David Johnson. But uh, you know, it, I, I, I guess I'm just curious how you guys feel with Deshaun Watson. Who who's somebody that you would put up against Deshaun Watson in this battle uh it, for the for the super flex position? And again, we'll start with Bobby. Yeah, so Brian and I, I think are in agreement about this. We were talking about this before the show started, but we both still have Watson uh, pretty high in our dynasty ranks and didn't drop him that much because of Hopkins. So when I think like, all right, well. You know, I put Lamar or Mahomes against him, but everyone has them over him anyway. Um, so a guy that we already talked about at length that I had at least for Dynasty was Dak Prescott. And Dak Prescott, we covered already, but basically for giving me Dak and, you know, maybe a second, but probably a first for Watson, I would take that and I wouldn't feel that bad about it. In terms of redraft, I think I put, yeah, I put Matt Ryan here. And uh, I jokingly said, because it's an even year. And if you look at Matt Ryan's uh, career trajectory, every even year, he has like a really good fantasy year, like a top 12. And then he disappears the next year. Um, but jokes aside, it's because he has a ton of weapons there. I know they just lost Hooper, but I still believe in the Falcons offense. And they finally have uh, something they haven't had in a while, which is an offensive coordinator staying with the team, I believe, unless I'm totally making that up. But uh, yeah, I believe Matt Ryan and Matt Ryan to Deshaun Watson, at least in redraft, doesn't feel like a huge drop off to me this year, at least with the loss of Nuke. What do you got, Brian? Yeah, I, I definitely agree, Bobby, uh, or, or with Bobby as far as not panicking on Deshaun Watson. I mean, I think, you know, we get a year, year and a half down the road and we're not going to be worried about him like we are right now just with the loss of New Hopkins. Um, I mean, obviously, anytime you lose a receiver of that caliber, there's some question marks to be answered. But um, but they did do, you know, they they brought in Brandon Cooks. Uh, they have Will Fuller there still. DJ out of the backfield. Um, I know I'm missing people too. Kiki's still there. Uh, Stills. So, you know, I, I, I still think that Watson has enough that he's not going to completely fall off the, a, a cliff here. Um, as far as who, I mean, if I have to pick someone, I'll say Russ Wilson. I mean, a little bit older. I mean, five years older. but. Um, you know, I, I've I've felt pretty good about having Russell Wilson in dynasty leagues, and I would in redraft as well. Um, you know, and I think that you can probably get him a little bit later than where Deshaun is going, uh, and I think that the production will be 
you know, similar. So, um, again, you lose a few years, but Danger Russ is uh, a legit, a legit performer too. So both of those guys are within about a half a round right now of Deshaun Watson. Um, Prescott, Dak Prescott, again, going 201. Watson going at 111. So, I mean, two spots. Like Tyreek Hill separates those two. Russell Wilson at 205. So, I mean, these these guys are so close, at least for dynasty purposes. I mean, it sounds to me like Deshaun Watson is is still like a – you know, he's a, he's a pretty safe pick to make. I mean, in both cases, you guys are saying reach past him, um, for, for a guy that's, you know, uh, possibly a little safer right at the moment, but, um, I, you know, it's, it's not like it's a huge reach. So, um, you know, I, I, I think that the takeaway really for Deshaun Watson is that, I mean, you know, let's, let's, uh, Let's calm down a little with the the sky is falling stuff. He's 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 still one of the most dynamic playmakers in this league, and you know the fact that he loses DeAndre Hopkins doesn't mean he's going to throw any less, and it certainly doesn't take away the rushing upside. So, um, you know, oh, there there are alternatives, but you know where he's at in ADP seems like it's just fine. Uh, generally speaking for you guys. Um, let's go back to Daniel Jones, though. Prepare yeah, for um, battle. Prepare for battle. Sorry. There it is. <laughs> 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 so we, we got to talk a little bit about him, but it was kind of in the context of, you know, Daniel Jones versus Kyler Murray. Now let's talk about Daniel Jones versus the field, though. Who goes up against Daniel Jones in this battle? starting with Bobby. Yeah, it's interesting because earlier I had said that I would take Daniel Jones for Kyler Murray and get whatever plus you could basically and feel very good about that, or at least I implied that. So I guess with this next Dynasty one, I'm basically just saying you should take Kyler Murray and turn him into him plus plus, although some people already have this particular player over Daniel Jones. I just saw in our Dynasty ranks that he wasn't quite yet by consensus. And this is a shout out to uh, Brian because I almost went with Tua instead, but I went with Brian's dude, uh, Joe Burrow, who is now also my dude because he's convinced me that he is the safer pick of the two. And he has a lot of upside. I like the Cincinnati offense. He's young. He just had the best college quarterback season of all time. There's no arguing that. And I think that if you can turn Daniel Jones into Burrow, one, I don't think anyone would let you right now with all the hype around Burrow. But I think that if you could, that would probably be a negligible drop-off for this season. And long-term, it's probably a positive. Um, you know, I'm a Giants fan, but I can be realistic about the fact that Burrow is a better uh, quarterback prospect, at least, than Daniel Jones was, and probably a better NFL quarterback if it translates at all. So in ADP, Joe Burrow's going at 312, uh, Daniel Jones at 505. So we're talking yeah, about so that train has already left the station. What you're <laughs> saying. Yeah. I was just looking at the staff uh, consensus ranks, but that's fine. Yeah. Um, and then my redraft guy was one that Brian already mentioned. So Brian and I are just having a group think tonight, but it was Drew Brees. Um, same reasons he said, you know, Brees is always reliable. The only reason you don't want him in dynasty is because he's been playing since uh, caveman first threw a pig around in the air. <laughs> gross that's kind of a disgusting thought actually um that that's where this whole thing started and now here we are talking about it on a podcast what a what a world we live in um so kind of back to joe burrow though I, knowing that it's a, a round and a half difference is is the difference for you and you know in dynasty specifically like is the difference between joe burrow and daniel jones um, great enough that you're willing to take Joe Burrow a round and a half early um, rather than waiting for Daniel Jones? No, um, I would wait for Daniel Jones, but okay. that's me. I do also, uh, so JJ Zechariasen recently did an update of his late round QB strategy, and he also has some stuff for Superflex. I am a big believer in getting value at positions where you can. 
So mm -hmm. if I know Daniel Jones is out there and I can get a round and a half of value on him in a startup versus yeah. taking Joe Burrow there, I'm doing that every time. Yeah, it's it's significant when it comes to trade value, um, probably more so than it should be in all honesty. But um, Brian, who uh, who do you got going up against Daniel Jones? Yeah, so for me uh, in redraft, I have Aaron Rodgers. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> who is one spot behind him, I believe, uh, in, in terms of, is it two? Yeah, still super close. Yeah, super close. So, um, yeah, I, I, I feel, I feel comfortable about Aaron Rodgers. I mean, look, does he have the same upside that he had three years ago? I don't know in the offense that he's in. I mean, from a quarterback talent standpoint, I think he does, John. I'm I'm kind of with you on that. I don't necessarily yes. think that he I don't necessarily think that he is a worse quarterback per se. He's older. Um he's gotten beat up some. Uh you know, the weapons aren't there. I mean, Devontae Adams is there. That's very disrespectful to Devontae Adams <laughs> because he's one of the best receivers in the game. But um, outside of Devontae Adams and Aaron Jones, but Aaron Jones, I mean, I'm not convinced they're going to use him the way that they should, the way that they used him last season. I don't I don't think they're going to use him that way, yeah. which pisses me off beyond all belief. But yep. <laughs> um, but I feel I feel good about Aaron Rodgers for another year, maybe two. Uh, in, especially in redraft. I mean, I think, I think he'll be, you know, he'll likely be a quarterback one, um, maybe towards the back end, but possibly a mid range quarterback one, if everything goes well. Um, and then as far as, uh, dynasty goes, I have Carson Wentz and yes, Carson Wentz typically would be drafted ahead of Daniel Jones. Um, but, or, or should be, but I don't, there's a lot of people that really hate Carson Wentz, like a lot of people that really hate Carson Wentz and they feel it like he's no sense. He feel like they feel like he's ancient uh, and they, you know, they think he has a broken back and they think that he had absolutely nothing to do with their Super Bowl run because Nick Foles was the starting quarterback in the actual Super Bowl and in the playoffs, um, you know, and all of that's false. I mean, He's healed from the back injury. He had a good season last year too. I mean, it wasn't, it wasn't, it wasn't Carson Wentz MVP season the year that they won the Super Bowl for the games that he played. Um, but it was, you know, I think he was he was a, a top end quarterback too, you know, and and they they struggled uh, a bit in the mid season there uh, last year. So I don't know. I just, I, I feel like Carson Wentz is always typically underrated. I know he's, I mean, he's, I think he's QB seven in rankings or in ADP. So it doesn't, I mean, that doesn't necessarily back that up, but when it comes to trade value and things, I feel like Carson Wentz is somebody that um, is, is typically undervalued a little bit. So I just, I, I would rather, you know, and a lot of people, the the younger quarterbacks that are are about to break out, right, that have shown some promise and are, are, are about to break out. I mean, but think about the guys we're talking about, Kyler Murray, Daniel Jones, et cetera, et cetera. Um, those are the types of guys that people want right now. And I would rather have a guy like Carson Wentz. Everybody just wants that stompy special of being the guy who is uh, right about Lamar Jackson. <laughs> and Pat Mahomes. Yeah. And Pat Mahomes. I think he's not going. Uh, this is a, another subtle shot at just reestablishing my Drew Locke, uh, I guess, <laughs> president of the hate club. I don't even know what you call that. But uh, that sounds I don't think right. going three for three. I, yeah. I also don't know if he even gets credit if he does, because I was on that while he was hanging out in his basement for that that full month where he just kind of sat there cross-legged in the middle of an empty room um i i was i already i fired up the the drew lock uh hype train for him so um I, i'm actually kind of curious now <laughs> but we don't we we didn't write down drew lock as somebody that we were going to talk about uh, is that, but is that something that we could attack? Do you guys feel sure. like Sure. Dynasty, we, Gardner Minshew, 100% of the time. Ugh. Ugh. 
That's what the article is all about, John. Makes me uh, really uncomfortable. I know. Yeah, I, I know. I just redraft. Uh, this is okay. This is taking a bit too far. I was jokingly going to say the field. Um, yeah. It's not the field. Um, <laughs> but that helps. In redraft, I'd probably say Big Ben, assuming the elbows held up. I think that he will be comparable, if not better, than Drew Locke this season. So I don't mind taking a chance on him. You're just pandering to the Steelers fan over there to try and get him on your side so that we can have a two-on-one scenario against the Broncos fan. Did it work, Har? Sure. Ugh. Sure. I can. I, I, I am not beyond that. I yeah I'm probably not either. <laughs> <laughs> I don't I don't hate that one for redraft purposes. I do hate the dynasty one, but I I don't hate the redraft one. So I've got a dynasty one too. Okay. Um. I actually have two. So so two, I you know you know of two quarterbacks who are going to be better than Drew Locke. Yeah. John, where do you have Drew? Uh, th- this is this is. I want to ask you because this is this will be for context on which guy I go with. Who okay. do you? Where do you have him in your quarterback rankings? Do you uh, have him think- as a QB one? I, I I think so. That's a good question. Let me look that up while you. Uh, um, okay, so I'll give you both. maybe I'll give, give us the Lester one first. Yeah, there you go. Okay, so I think that there is an argument. For Sam Darnold, a hundred over over Drew Locke. Yes, yeah, I I do. And and here I mean, here's the thing: Darnold hasn't really been bad at all. He's been Adam Gaste, absolutely. Yeah. But I don't think he's been. I mean, when you look at, I mean, he's battled. So he went through the battle with mononucleosis. He, you know, and and. John, John, I think we had like half an episode where we were laughing about that. So we're not going to do that tonight, even though I chuckled inside. Um, but but Darnold is is I Darnold at USC was absolutely like when we're looking at these two as prospects. I don't mm-hmm. think it's even a comparison. I mean, I mean, Sam Darnold, Darnold is by than Locke, by the way. So there, so so that's that's beautiful as well that he's younger. But <laughs> yeah. from a prospect standpoint, I mean, I don't even think they were in the same. They weren't in the same conversation. And and that's no right. disrespect to Drew Locke because I think I think Drew Locke has the capability to lead Denver where you guys want him to go. I really do. From a from a quarterbacking in the National Football League standpoint, I believe Drew Locke can be good. He can be a he can be a guy that you can ask to make a dozen throws a game. I mean, he's going to obviously he's going to attempt more than that in games, but you you know, you need him to make Okay, I'm going to I'm going to say something that's probably well, going to piss you off. It's to probably going to piss you off. He he can be <laughs> he can do for the Broncos. Uh-huh. With the weapons that they have, you're going to kill me for saying this. What Tim Tebow did, which well, is which is Oh. Yeah. No, now I'm not talking about I'm not talking about say, Tim Tebow was a winner, period. Uh-huh. His whole career. Well, he Brian was a terrible quarterback is a game manager. And I actually <laughs> I, agree with him. He can be a good game manager and win NFL games. Absolutely. But for fantasy purposes, he wasn't good last season. And I know he has all these weapons and I'm willing to concede there's a chance that he's much better than I think he is. Mm-hmm. But I think. Brian's probably right that he's going to be a better NFL quarterback than a fantasy quarterback. And I also think, I also think that Melvin Gordon changes things there because I think they are going to really rely on the running game. And John, I'm not a Denver guy who lives in Denver and follows the team the way you do. So maybe I'm off base here, but I feel like Melvin Gordon coming into that offense is, is critical. I, I think they run the offense through Melvin Gordon. I think he gets a ton of carries. I think he catches a ton of passes outside of the backfield. But when they That's, get down, when they get down in the red zone, it wouldn't surprise me. If Melvin Gordon scored fifteen touchdowns this year. Yeah. So, but the the pass catching that's the key right there because Philip Lindsay I, and I don't I don't remember off the top of my head, and I certainly don't have it written down um, the exact 
catch rate, but Philip Lindsay's catch rate was not very good. So I, you know, the the I I think they were just fine with Phil, with what Philip Lindsay does for you, you know, you know, taking the handoff, taking the pitch, whatever. Even in pass protection, I think they were fine with that. It's the the you know the the inefficiency catching the football is to me the impetus behind signing Melvin Gordon. So, which I mean, if Melvin Gordon's catching the football, that means we're getting points out of Drew Locke. So, but I I, I actually do think you guys make some some very good points here, and and to kind of reinforce the Sam Darnold thing it, from a talent perspective, if Sam Darnold was there. Had, if he had fallen to the Broncos uh, instead of Bradley Chubb, Sam Darnold would have been, and I believe they drafted f- fifth. Was it, fifth. I think it was fifth overall. that year, wasn't it? Yeah, something like that. If they had a, and and I think Sam Darnold went one spot ahead of them. Mm-hmm. Um, if if Sam Darnold had made it to them, they absolutely would have drafted him. They loved Sam Darnold. Whereas Drew Locke, I mean, you know, they first they moved back from ten to twenty. Thank and then you, he by took the no offense. <laughs> yeah, gave you guys the linebacker that, that Devin Bush that, that we really kind of needed. I love <laughs> Noah Fant, but man, the, <laughs> Devin Bush is such a difference maker on defense. Um, and the Steelers just always have the best linebackers. It's maddening. Uh, but yeah, they move back to twenty, and then they take a tight end. And then in the second round, with their first pick in the second round, they take a left guard and then finally move up for the quarterback. So I like I I think that you can understand uh you, you can kind of read tea leaves a little bit. You can you can look at the way these NFL teams um value a player based on things like that. That's why we talk so much about draft capital. You know, that's why that ends up being so important for fantasy football purposes. The fact that they they, they didn't have to have Drew Locke, clearly, because they, they just let him fall to the middle of the second round. And then, I mean, they did move up to get him, but he was their third priority. And whereas Sam Darnold, I mean, that's, that would have been a, a run to the podium slam dunk type of move if he was there. So um so I think that that's fair. It's just the 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 big issue is still Adam Gase and the the issue even once Adam Gase is gone is to what extent is the uh you know is is, is the development of Sam Darnold going to be stunted by the fact that he spends you know the the beginning part of his career under Adam Gase. I like. I think that that's still a concern as well. We call it Josh Rosen syndrome. <laughs> oh man, Josh Rosen. Yeah, yeah. It, you know, there's, there's. I think that's true. Whereas Drew Locke has, is going to have weapons for days running Pat Shermer's offense, the same offense that you know that that Daniel Jones just um, used to become a you know a borderline quarterback one in his rookie year. So. And that case Keenum also used to be fantasy relevant. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, you know, I, I think that there are a lot of indicators for Drew Locke. Like if we're just talking about talent in a vacuum, yeah, I'm with you guys on Sam Darnold. But I, there's a lot more of an opportunity here for Drew Locke in the immediate future. And I and I think that's important. Um, We had several other guys that we want to get to. Uh, but I mean, in all honesty, we were going to, there were going to be a lot of very familiar names that we were going to talk about Sam Darnold, both of you guys, uh, well, Brian said Drew Locke, um, was a, is a comp for Sam Darnold. So I, I mean, it looks like it's just kind of straight across, mm-hmm. um, you know, we had a lot of guys that it was going to get pretty repetitive. Um, we also just want to keep this to a manageable chunk of time here uh you know make it easier to listen to and easier to uh to you know to go back and use um and of course we want to respect bobby Koch's time really appreciate him coming on again and uh spending the time with us so um 
before we wrap it up though, uh, Brian, uh, give me a, give me, give me a quarterback that you feel like the community is, is high on and a comp just, just a, a real quick, um, kind of a sign off type of thing here. Um, so that we can hear from you one last time on a super flex comp. So a guy that the community is, is high on that, uh, I have, uh, I'm, I'm doing the same thing we've been doing. Yes. Yeah. Okay. So, um, I will say, so I've really put you on the spot. That's okay. Josh Allen. Mm-hmm is qb8 right now or at least at least in may adp we're in may yeah we're in may um i would feel comfortable with several of the guys behind him so joe burrow baker mayfield Tua tackle tua (laughs) (laughs) don't laugh at me it's okay i'm a yinzer i'm allowed to screw i'm allowed to screw stuff up and butcher names all right i'm a yinzer um you know, D- Daniel Jones. So like any of those guys in that range, I would, I would be comfortable with, um, over Josh Allen. Like value aside in a vacuum, those, are you taking any of those guys over Josh Allen? Like, like for instance, honestly, honestly, yeah, probably, probably all of them. Yeah. I, I, I tend to agree. Um, I don't quite have it ranked that way, but it's awfully close. With uh, several of these guys, Aaron Rodgers, obviously, I've got ranked ahead of just about everyone. Um, Jared Goff, I've got him ranked ahead of Josh Allen. I I think he's far safer. So, um, yeah, I think that's uh, that's a good call. Um, Rec, do you uh, do you have any comps you want to throw at us? And otherwise, just uh, just remind the listeners where they can find your work. Yeah, I was just looking. It's interesting, at least from our staff ranks, uh, to see Justin Herbert down at 20. That feels low for a guy that landed in his situation. I'm not saying he should be a top 12 guy by any means, but he has good weapons. I know he might take a bit to start with Tyrod there, but you know, if you can say you have Keenan Allen, at least for a few more seasons, probably, uh, Mike Williams, Austin Eckler, Hunter Henry, I'm inevitably going to forget somebody, but he has, he landed in a good situation. He wasn't the best prospect, but I'd probably have him in the mid teens. Uh, my friend Zach's going to kill me for saying this because he loves <laughs> Jimmy Garoppolo, but in Dynasty, I would gladly take Herbert over Garoppolo at this point, um, just because I'm not sure Garoppolo has really hit, quote unquote. I know there's, Garoppolo is a better quarterback than most people think. A lot of people judge him just based off that Super Bowl. But for fantasy purposes, he's kind of just to, start, to use my own words from an open bar pod. Uh, he's serviceable, but I'm not sure he's beyond that. So I would take the chance on Herbert. And then uh, just in terms of where to find me, so you can find my work at Dynasty League Football, exclusively at Dynasty League Football, and that podcast as mentioned earlier with my co-host Matt Price at Matt Price FF on Twitter at the Superflex pod, which is spelled exactly like it sounds. And you can find me at Rec Fantasy, R-E-K-E-D Fantasy. I am not a Twitter tough guy. I feel like people think I have that recorded at that point, but I say that every single time just for John Bosch. And uh, just wanted to say, I appreciate you guys having me on as always. And one thing you did say is that you're taking up my time to come on here, but with how many times I've been on here, I just have a cot established in the Superflex super show uh headquarters <laughs> and I just wake up whenever you guys need a guest and can't find anybody else so appreciate you guys allowing me to uh come on tonight after my nap in your headquarters and uh chop it up with you that's true he's he's got a toothbrush here he's uh he's he's got his own locker and everything yeah uh so yeah we'll uh we'll wrap it up right there and and with that we're also wrapping up this the Battlefield Superflex. Battlefield Superflex series. Superflex, flex, 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 flex. <laughs> <laughs> nice. I could not have edited that any better than than the way it just came out organically. That was so perfect. Um, we'll definitely get back to that next offseason, next non-point scoring season. 
that is, uh, because I think it's something that that uh, we probably need to get back to uh, every single year and uh, and refresh it. But um, you know, for the moment, hopefully it was helpful in terms of thinking about roster construction, thinking of starting to think in terms of setting lineups. We're not quite there yet, but we're getting there. And uh, you know, thinking about the super flex position you know, in terms of, um, uh, you know, actual usability. This is a time of year where we start to cash in some of that value and start to turn it into production um, for for fantasy purposes. So uh, that's uh, that's kind of the goal with Battlefield Superflex. Battlefield Superflex. Sorry, <laughs> flex, guys. Flex, flex, it's, flex. it's 11.30 on the East Coast. <laughs> yeah, it's, it, it's uh, and it's just... Uh, Time to time to wrap up Battlefield Superflex. Battlefield, <laughs> Battlefield Superflex. Flex, 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 flex. Nice. All right, that's the last time I'm going to say it because again, we're that's that's about as much energy as you could possibly ask for on that drop. So let's just wrap it up right there. If you haven't already subscribed to the podcast, uh, subscribe to the DLF Family of Podcast Mega Feed, and then uh, do us a huge favor and rate and review the Super Show. Uh, that helps us to get to more people, touch on more topics that are useful to you, our super friends. You can get at us on Twitter at Superflex Show, and even better, uh, any one of us individually. Uh, Bobby's at Wrecked Fantasy, R E K E D Fantasy. Brian's at Brian Har FF, and I'm at Superflex Dude. Thank you to DLF for the platform. Thank you to Bobby for the time. Thank you to Heart and Soul Radio for the music. And above all else, thank you to each and every one of you for listening. And until next week, stay sexy and super flexy.